Hi, this is Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. You are listening to Roleplay Rescue. Jay's gonna bring me back. Give me a plus one to attack. Oh, 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 I want to come back to the dice. Whoa, oh, 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 I think I need some good advice. I need a roleplay rescue. Oh, yeah. I need a roleplay rescue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello Rescuers, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our passion for tabletop roleplaying games. Having spent quite a few episodes now revisiting and developing my own return to a more coherent practice with roleplaying games, I thought I would make a brief pit stop and talk about the Roleplay Rescue community. The community is the lifeblood of this podcast, without it I would be alone and isolated. I would probably have stopped playing, but... Even if I was playing, I would be alone. My home group died with the first lockdown in 2020 and has not recovered. Friends who gathered at my table are all scattered, some to other parts of the country. Today, my main access to role-playing games comes through the Roleplay Rescue Discord, the Patreon and some interactions on two social media platforms, MeWe and Mastodon. I have a few reflections on community to share, but first and foremost is my gratitude. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast, who supports the show by calling in, who helps fund and encourage the show through Patreon, and who takes part in the Roleplay Rescue Discord community. Thanks to everyone who reblogs or shares links to the episodes, everyone who reads the Roleplay Rescue blog or who comments on there about my ramblings. Thanks are also due to every Patreon who takes the time to listen to the GM's Journal, my weekly digest of random thoughts hacked together on a Thursday evening, and especially to those who call in there to comment too. As you can tell, there's a lot of goodwill and support for Roleplay Rescue, despite us being a small fish in a vast ocean of tabletop roleplaying games chatter and content. So yeah, thank you, one and all. This is Season 12, Episode 12, On Community. When I get out of bed in the morning, my purpose, as far as I've ever been able to articulate it, is to create communities of discovery where people can feel accepted. I fulfil this purpose, to use Simon Sinek's phrase, to fulfil my why. And I do it in a number of ways. I'm a teacher by day, creating little communities of discovery in every one of the 23 classes I'm teaching at the time of recording. Each group is a place where I seek to foster acceptance. I don't always succeed, mostly because you can't make people accept others, and nor can you make people feel accepted, but you can try and foster those feelings. I'm a GM too. Each group is a community of discovery. For example, in each session of the Dungeons of Thal, the players form a party to go explore the Mega Dungeon. My hope is that I'm again fostering a sense of acceptance and openness, especially through the open table approach. And I'm a podcaster and blogger. I seek to be communicating my journey of discovery, and I hope to have created a small community of listeners and readers who are travelling along with me. The goal is to see where this hobby takes us together and to do so while accepting the very different perspectives in the community. 
outside of these communities, I don't generally feel safe. The sense of not being safe arises from the sense that I am not generally accepted for who I am. The world doesn't much care about a 50-something-year-old bloke from Nottingham who plays tabletop role-playing games, and that's okay. My point is that these communities that I create are mutually supportive, or at least that's the hope. I offer you something, whether it's what I've learned, or what I know, or what I believe, or even what I'm doing, and in return, you offer me acceptance and support. For the opportunity to do this, I am grateful, hugely grateful. It's hard to put into words, honestly. Thank you. That's why I love it when someone calls in with a supportive message or even emails or messages me by text to offer their thanks. It's affirming and it helps me to feel loved for what is acceptance if not the first taste of love. My two primary love languages, as espoused by Gary Chapman, are quality time and affirmation. I never realised how much affirmation is important to me until I began podcasting, but it really does matter to me. As well as affirmation, the real biggie with me feeling acceptance and love is quality time. This is time spent together doing things that are important to me. In this case, when we gather to either talk and chat or we gather to play. Every time someone jumps into the Discord to chat with me, it makes my day. And every time people show up to play in my games or invite me to play in theirs, it helps me to feel accepted and valued. Not everyone will understand what I'm talking about here, not least because there are three other love languages and your needs are not the same as my needs, but that's okay. I'm just telling you this because I feel like we don't share these kinds of thoughts and valued experiences enough. You have, as a collective community, saved my life, quite literally as it turns out. Without Roleplay Rescue, I would have plummeted into depression and oblivion back in late 2020 when the world crashed around my mind. Therapy helped and the struggle was tough, but the reality is that my friends, and you are friends to me, my friends and my family helped me to recover. Thank you. And so what is there to say about community? Well, this bit, I'm just going to talk. I have to say, though, that role-playing games are the ultimate, for me, communal event. Almost as though we were sitting around the campfire together, sharing stories. And I think what's amazing about role-playing games is that we bring each of us our experiences and our thoughts and our ideas, our uniqueness ourselves you know who have never been here in the 14.7 billion years the universe has existed have never been here before and have in reality a life that will when it ends never be here again in that way that we are totally unique sharing our 4,000 weeks together around that communal campfire experience and then the real beauty of role-playing games arises when we bring the exploration of a fantastic place with fantastic characters to life through our descriptive and acting talents. I think that there is just such richness in this hobby. It's a whole form of medium of communication and of sharing and of storytelling that has really no other parallel. And for me, sharing it with you has been an amazing experience. So thank you. And that's about what I've got to say about that right now, except to say, you know, I love to hear from you. The links are all in the show notes, but 
the basics are you can email me via hello at rpgrescue.com. The blog is at roleplayrescue.com. I'm on MeWe and Mastodon, links in the show notes. And we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash rpgrescue. But best of all, you can call in via speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue. And you know what? That's just what a bunch of you have done for this episode. Let's hear what you've got to say. Hey, Jay, it's Justin. Glad to have you back for another season and enjoying the direction you're taking this one so far. Uh, I liked the interview that you did with Barry a few weeks ago for the start of the Simple GURPS effort. Uh, I think 3rd Edition and the like version of 3rd is a great base for that. Uh, I think it'll be a really good introduction to new players. Uh, I played 3rd Edition back in the 90s and got back into GURPS about seven years ago with 4th Edition. I had a similar experience you described on your blog that uh, it seems like the 3rd Edition is more approachable. Uh, I like that 4th refined a lot of the mechanics and and some of the edge case issues that 3rd Edition has, but uh, just the encyclopedic nature of it, I think there's almost too much content in 4th Edition to readily get into it. So 3rd Edition just seems to be more digestible and approachable, and uh, I've enjoyed getting back into it and rereading some of the books and uh, actually adding to my 3rd Edition collection. So I uh, look forward to seeing the direction you take with Simple GURPS and hope that it uh, brings some more players into a really good system. And uh, looking forward to seeing where you take it uh, in some of the next episodes. Uh, looking forward to the next ones, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, Jay, Jason here. Just listed episode 12.06. Location, location, location. Great intro to the ideas of location crawls for either people new to RPGs or for somebody that's not used to a more methodological or procedural type approach to an RPG that are more used to, I don't mean this derogatory, but more narrative games, things like that. So great intro to that topic, and I look forward to what you do next. Take care. Hi, Chad. It's Barry here. Just want to say I really enjoyed your episode on location, location, location. Didn't realize you were secretly Phil Spencer in disguise. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's a wig that you have other times or if you shave your head off for the show. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but uh, sorry, random tangent. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's worth saying that the um, location crawl, dungeon crawl, whatever you want to call it, like you said, it's a very massively useful technique. And, you know, even if it's just for a short period of time to kind of, you know, bring the party and the players into that sort of one location, it kind of takes a bit of a load. Like you said, off you as a GM in some ways, if you can, if you're pre-populated and got some idea what's in those rooms and things, it really kind of helps speed it along. And, you know, yeah, so I just want to say thanks for the episode and kind of, you know, highlighting to others, I guess, those sort of mechanisms behind how you can make that into a really useful aspect of the game. Um, and yeah, it doesn't seem to be sadly missing in some of the cover products are right there, I think some systems, some settings, and some designers kind of try to move towards a more narrative story one, and they kind of really miss out some of the benefits that you can have around that and the fun that can be had from playing them. So yeah, again, anyway, thanks for the episode, and I shall speak to you soon. Listening to episode seven, and you have me thinking about the use of maps in adventure design. Now, A lot of old-school purists would have you believe that theater of the mind is the way to go. And if that's the case, then why do you need a map at all? Why not just create rooms 
and describe them on a page with words. There seems to be no real reason for a map unless you are going to get tactical, right? I don't know. That's coming from a frustrated map maker. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll have more to say as the episode goes on. All right, so a first bunch of calls. A big thank you to Justin and Jason and Barry and Frank there all calling in around, well, uh, recent episodes we've got. Justin on GURPS, thanks so much. I agree with you very much, Justin, on the idea that third edition is very much more accessible, and I've certainly been enjoying delving back into it, if you'll pardon the pun with Thal. Um, and, yeah, I think that I'm finding myself increasingly attracted to kind of mucking around with it more and more with other genres too as a sort of way back to... I think I will end up back to the kind of current edition of GURPS, but I think this is the journey that I, I wanted to take and need to take right now. I, I would recommend anybody who's, like, struggling getting into GURPS maybe go get 3rd edition Light. Uh, GURPS Light 3rd edition 2003 is free. You can download it for free. It's on DriveThru and it's on uh, Warehouse 23, which is Steve Action Games' own... Um, server anyway also a big thanks to the guys on the comments on location and as we're now moving into mega dungeon i've got a number of calls on mega dungeon but i just wanted to interrupt here with frank's question um because i don't know i think i've played quite a lot of theater of the mind dungeon games and, and over the years and i think having a map is really useful for me to be able to see the relationships between things so i think I don't think it necessarily needs to be that sort of hand-drawn, old-school type map with all the corridors and doors, but I do think at least, you know, a sort of a, a relationships map, like, you know, maybe there's a, a circle where a room is and a line where a, a tunnel is or something like that, uh, at least the connectors, and, you know, your descriptions around that. I think it helps relationally, but that could just be me. I'm quite visual, and I think, like... It helps with me kind of knowing what the relationships are between things. I've come across some modules where it is just prose, no map, just prose laying out the locations and it's more and sort of walking you between them. I think one of the dangers there, um, what I've run into there is it becomes a linear walk. So if you're doing a linear dungeon, I think that's any kind of problem. But, you know, actually, if it's just prose, there's a temptation to go from one paragraph to the next paragraph to the next paragraph. And you need to, I think, be aware that the best games, are, or in my experience anyway, the more enjoyable games have been where the players have multiple ways of going around and exploring the place, that the exploration is enhanced by having multiple routes. But anyway, that's just my thoughts on that. I I really appreciate you giving that uh, kind of giving us that thought there, Frank. And um, well, I'll shut up and and I think now it's another call from Jason. Hey Trey, Jason here. Just want to say enjoyed episode twelve oh seven, the Mega Dungeon. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how you take a system that a lot of people would balk at, GURPS, and find a way to make it work in the Mega Dungeon and work for the drop in drop out game. And, you know, obviously, essentially, the idea here is to get people to like GURPS, although even if they, you know, aren't ever going to do that, they can still join the game and play it. So I think that's really smart because it allows you, the GM, to run a system that you like and you enjoy. So sounds like a win-win proposition. Keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. Hey, Jay, this is Rob, also known as Minion, calling in. 
Uh, it's been a long time since I lasted, so uh, I thought I'd better get on it. Anyways, um, I just listened to, I think it was episode 7, which is the Mega Dungeon, and I agree wholeheartedly with the approach uh, espoused by yourself and the Alexandrian. That is, just get to it, you know, you put the game together and you do with you do you play with whom is available with whom is available whenever you can um, sometimes it won't work out you just arrange another day you just get it going um, maybe dial it back if there's only a couple of players um, it, it's a tricky one but I think if you run the game people will people will you know be there and they'll they'll They'll, they'll try to make it uh, and as you say if it's a simpler game and if it's less uh, demanding they can just drop in even if they're kind of a bit exhausted you know they don't have to think about who is the power behind the current government or whatever the you know uh, you don't have to have that level of difficulty to enjoy yourselves with a role-playing game although there's nothing wrong with that of course um, um I I think, you know, the early editions, D&D, where you know me, I th it's just great. It's very simple. People understand the basic concepts of D&D. So rolling a D20, roll a damage dice, you know, roll a D6 for this roller, a saving throw or, or a characteristic uh, ability check. You can't really, you can't get much simpler than that. Of course, you're also suggesting GURPS. GURPS has a, a lot more uh, complexity, but as you say, you can set it up in such a way that People can select a couple of options, uh, fill, fill in the uh, archetypes that you've prepared, if I've understood you correctly, and and you're and you're running, you know, up and running within ten fifteen minutes. So that's that's wonderful. So I'm just going to jump in there and say thanks to Rob Minion and also, of course, to Jason for comments on the Mega Dungeon episode. And and you're right there, um, Rob. It's it's great when people can drop in, drop out, and it's not too much pressure. I think it's a point I made in episode seven that. Uh, it's a less cognitive load for everybody you know here's the thing though i've been running this now so at the time of recording we've had four kind of reasonable sessions over about a two-week period um so it's kind of early days for our campaign but it has been really fun and what i noticed was the last session session four my prep time for that was you know a couple of minutes it really was grab my notes quickly review a couple of bits and then um, off we went i made that possible i think by the end of every session after a session kind of getting up in the morning usually plan to play on a Saturday night so getting up on a Sunday morning and just spending I don't know half an hour updating my notes uh, has been really really useful and I wanted to mention I have a tip on this as well I've been using Zoom for our online sessions and there is an app in Zoom called Fathom um, which basically is an AI recording what it does is it takes a complete transcript of your session what's really clever and I found really useful personally, is that at the end of the session, you can the Fathom pulls the whole recording for you. You can look at the video, you can look at the whole transcript, you can go to any part of it. Really powerful tool. You can even, during session, I, I don't do this yet, but even during session, you can mark parts of what's going on. So if something important happening, you can kind of click a button on the side and you can just kind of immediately mark that. Um, but a really smart bit is uh, at the end of it all, you can go, there's a, a bit where you can get the AI to make a summary of your session notes. And you know what? I found that really powerful. It just bombs me into a few paragraphs, 
couple of pages maybe of a4 and i've been pulling those out and putting them in campaign logger and what it's meant is i don't really need to take a lot of detailed notes during session because i can do two things first of all i can go to the ai summary and i can just get a sense of what happened and that tends to trigger memories and i can make notes of other bits that i need to change in the dungeon or whatever but a second thing is i can go to the transcript and i can actually look at exactly what i or someone else said and and kind of you know get that straight away and i don't need therefore to be making notes all the time it might be the single biggest and maybe only real benefit of playing online um yep agree with uh, jason's calling by the way um sorry to hear he's, he's the only calling but i'm sure you're you're not uh you're not yelling into the void as it were I, i'm sure there's there's so many people listening to your podcast but um i think jason has a point when he says that the the complexity the the amount of output while understandable because companies need to make money um uh it, it's great and it can be it can be a lot of fun for collectors and this and that but personally yeah it, when it gets that complicated when there's so much to collect i feel like there's a demand on my time on my money that is kind of uh, counter counterproductive or it's counter to the reasons why i get into the hobby in the first place which is to have a bit more freedom to have not have to worry about sort of needing this or having that but rather just to sort of make things up on the fly uh, at home of course you know i love to collect but i don't want to be uh, i don't want that to be sort of like a a necessity in order to run a game that i have to have a b c and d and there's the next thing coming out next month um with with glorantha with the new stuff coming out i when I first heard they were going to break the gods of Glorantha into several parts, I was a little bit upset, to be honest. Not not upset, that's probably a strong word, but I was I was a little niffed. I, you know, I just want to see the GM's guide, which was uh, suggested in the original book, and perhaps a streamlined player's guide uh, with, you know, a more, a more basic uh, sort of get up and running quickly type uh, rule set for the for the rune quest rather than the the uh, rather complex um, historical and cultural analysis that it, ha it has in recent the recent edition become uh, that sounds like a, a whinge and a whine and a and a, a major criticism criticism of the current edition of RuneQuest. It, it is in a way, yeah. I mean, I really do like it, but I also think they've set the bar very high against new players coming in, and um, I don't think that's productive um i don't think you want to say to players hey you need to understand all of this in order to really be a runequest player really you know that's seems like a a very elitist sort of um way of uh, a way of setting up your your game your product your way of letting people enjoy themselves and have fun um ha all right so that sound like that's definitely getting into the uh, the rant territory now. So I'll, I'll put this uh, put this to bring this to a close. Uh, um, just wanted to say thank you for everything, and uh, good to hear that you are still making uh, episodes and enjoying what you do. All right, so take care now. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for your thoughts, and obviously, I thought it was important to play for Jason's benefit. Your response to his call during that episode, episode seven. Jason, of course, was referring to Arlen and I having a conversation way back at the start of the series uh, on the subject of how 
you know, lots and lots of great published material exists out there. And on and one level, it adds a great deal of depth to a world which allows for sort of really deep, immersive gaming. Of course, the downside of that is, you know, you've got to learn all that stuff and know all that stuff. And you've also got all the issues of canon. And that was the kind of point that Jason was making. Anyway, I just wanted to round all this out and just say a massive thank you to the whole community who have called in and in which, you know, these calls have gathered over the last few weeks. I want to end with a text one. So this one came through the Roleplay Rescue Discord, a little bit of a private message, um, from Xenoris. And I just want to read it to you. Wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed the Mega Dungeon episode. Really nice work. As always, you mix in a great amount of your own thoughts along with other people's and reference them back to the source material. I dropped off for a bit when your focus shifted from immersion to GURPS, but I'm super into people hacking things and modifying them to suit their needs, so I'm right back into it. In fact, the way you described wildcard skills has me really interested and possibly solves a lot of problems I have with skill systems. What I probably need is a high-level, low-granularity skill system approach. I would love to hear about how the sessions go, things you learn, things you want to change and improve, play, and most importantly, why as well as how you will or won't change the system to get the effects you're after. Love the focus on fun, practicality, and low cognitive load to get going. As for myself, I'm trying to put together some play-by-post stuff together in a Discord and going to run some Dolmenwood using old-school essentials. We'll probably tweak and house rule myself, wanting to explore the different medium. I'm imagining a lot more focus on descriptive characterization in these games. I'm also thinking I'll be able to do encumbrance and time tracking better in a non-real-time medium. In this way, I might be able to focus on survival elements a bit. Feel free to read any or all parts of this on the show. Thanks, Cineris. I'm just going to let it hang there, really. But you know what? If you're into play-by-post, you probably want to talk to Evil Jeff over on Minions and Musings. Thanks to everybody who's called in. I hope everybody is well. I'll catch you next time. Massive thanks to Justin, Jason, Barry, Frank, Menion, aka Rob, and Xenoris for all of the call-ins and messages. Please, guys, keep them coming. It's speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue. Thanks also to the Roleplay Rescue Torchbearers, Shieldbearers, and Swordbearers, the patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thanks to John from Tell the Manticore for all of the show music. And a big thanks to you, too, for listening. I hope you found this episode interesting. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again next time. Game on.